Thank you for uh, inviting Kath and I and, the, and our lovely kids to this wonderful uh, church. Nick and Shanae, I commend you for your obedience to God. Who would, who would imagine church, as we understand it, should be in a, a fancy building, should be in a, you know, with music and all sorts of nice stuff. That's not church. This is church, the gathering of people. People who are called um, to, to serve the king. And this morning, um, as I was just, this week was, a, was an interesting week because I've been, Nick uh, asked me to share what, what um, God has given me. And it's been a, a bit of a, of a battle. Lord, what? I can think of things to say, but I don't want to just say things because it's nice to say things. And I've got the, the opportunity to say things. I want to say things that I feel God has for us as a church this morning. And so I trust that this is, uh, the, the, whatever I share, will be impactful, it will be encouraging, and it will be uplifting, um, so that you can serve the King of Kings, um, who's worthy of it all. So, as Nick said, my name is Joe. I'm married to the most beautiful lady in the world. I know it's biased when I say that, but it's true. <laughs> Kathy. And we are blessed with two uh, young, fine ones, uh, oh, Daniel, who's um, seven years old, and Victoria, who is uh, four years old. I got it right this time. <laughs> oh, five, actually, I got it wrong. <laughs> she just turned five last week. Forgive me. Um, yeah, and we have the privilege of um, uh, just being a part of God's kingdom. We uh, recently just planted, as Nick said, art in Johannesburg in Kilani. Uh, our first meeting was in uh, the 1st of August this year. And we've got a nice little family that God is busy putting together for His purposes and His, whatever He, has to, he wants to do there. But I know one thing, which is true of there, as it is true for here, and it's true for the world. On God's heart is people. He says it. He says that those who are well, don't need a doctor. That's in Mark. It's those who are sick. Need a, they're the ones who need a doctor. And guess what? There are people who are sick. Physically, but actually more from, uh, in the soul. And our job as a church is to go spread the love of Christ. Tell the truth of Jesus Christ so that they can be um, healed. And this sickness is a sickness of being separated from God the Father. So we have the privilege, and you as a church have the privilege to do that here. Isn't that amazing? So thank you for welcoming us. Thank you for having uh, uh, me here, uh, us here. Um, Nick uh, asked him, so how long do I have? And he says, nothing less than three hours. So I hope you got your, um, um, don't fall asleep on me, eh? No, I won't be here for three hours. So, um... If you have your Bibles with you, please take them out and uh, turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 verse 1. We'll read through to verse 6. It says this. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, 
And I would say to all the saints in Christ Jesus' intently manner in the 21st century, 2021, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of, uh, of this, verse 6, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Father, may you be honored and glorified. May, you, uh, may your will bring life to us this morning and achieve everything that you say it would. Lord, your word says that you, your word does not return to you void. And that is my prayer this morning. Amen. So this is an interesting passage of scripture. The Bible itself is an interesting um, uh, word. But one thing I want to say before I get going in it is that John 17, 17 says this, that the word of God is truth. It is truth. So this is not a made up, um, not made up, it's not, there's been uh, um, additions, there's been some, but the real truth, word of God is truth. So when you are reading the word of God, it will give you life. It will give you life. The Holy Spirit, who is in us, if you're born again and you, he gives us life through His Word. So as you read the Word of God, remember it is truth. So Philippians is an interesting book. And the reason I say that is um, it was written by Paul. Paul was a great apostle as we understand him to be. He was, um, um, if you have some sort of background history on, on, on Paul, he was a Roman citizen. He was uh, a scholar. He was a very knowledgeable uh, individual. So if you try to uh, argue with him in terms of um, uh, your you know, understanding of how clever you are, he could fight with you in that regard. But he was an, so he was an apostle. He was a Roman citizen. And um, he has done a lot of work. What he has written in the New Testament is quite a bit. And we can learn from him. And that's what I'm going to say uh, this morning. I'm going to learn a little bit from this passage of scripture that he wrote. Um, some commentators say that this book, Philippians, is probably one of the nicest. One of the nicest of Paul's writings. Yeah, sure, he does call some people dogs <laughs> later on. But it's still, that's kind of still mild. They say it's quite, um, it's probably one of the nicest because he, he is... Uh, he is encouraging the church. He was uh, traveling along with uh, Silas and he was preaching the word of God in the Mediterranean uh, coastline and then he got arrested for the gospel. He got arrested for preaching the word. And there he finds himself in prison writing Philippians. Now, I've said this before elsewhere. If I was preaching the word of God and I get arrested because of the church. There is no way in my own understanding I'll be sitting in a prison to write in a letter to encourage the church. In fact, what I would be doing is sitting in prison 
writing a letter, I'm allowed to say, fluke in the church. <laughs> I would be angry. It's because of you guys I find myself here. But Paul is different. He says, actually, he says, because of you guys I'm here. But guess what? I'm going to encourage you. While you guys have the freedom, I'm going to encourage you. That's a heart that we need to now to adapt. We need to, we need to understand. We need to learn. We need to desire. But the, the truth of the matter is, it wasn't because of he's a good guy. He was a good guy. No, no, no. He wasn't. It's because of Christ in him. There is no way you know if you are having a bad day or whatever that, you know, Christ, unless Christ, you are lying to come out of you and, and express himself through you, it's impossible. And so it's the same with Paul. Now he's in prison writing an encouraging letter to the Philippians church. That's only God. That can only be God. Um, and so, you know, because of this uh, God in him and him encouraging the church, encouraging us today. So what he was encouraging them, he was encouraging us through uh, today. God is encouraging us today through his Holy Spirit. Um, good for us to understand that of all the books he's written, you know, Romans might be um, kind of one of the most important books that he wrote, he speaks about nothing can separate us from the love of God. We just saying about it this morning. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. No height, no depth, no nothing, nothing can separate us from the, from the love of God. Ephesians is the most profound. It says, by grace we are saved. Not because of your good works, not because of your good looks and your... No, no, because of his grace you are saved. That's a profound statement. I know about me, and I'm sure it's the same, true of you, we want to work to earn our, uh, our salvation. We want to work to keep our, um, ourselves in line. No, no, it's because of the grace of God we find ourselves here. Um, so as he was writing this encouraging letter, he had three things that he wanted to highlight to the church. The first is... Um, he saw that the church tended to have a lot of rivalry and disunity. So they were not united. There were issues within the church, and he wanted to speak about that. Um, there was, in that time, there, were, there was this false gospel that uh, was being preached in the, in the um, time, and he wanted to speak about that. And then lastly, they had given him a gift, a monetary gift. He's in prison, but they, they're kind of helping him. They, they're supporting him. And he wanted to thank them uh, for that. So we see from verse um, 1 to, to 2, the, the, we see Paul's humility. Paul was a humble man. As I said, he was a scholar. He was a, a Roman citizen. He was an apostle. He could have just, uh, you know, I am the apostle. I am the man of God. So treat me and address me as such. But we see through this um, scripture that he is humble. Why? Because he addresses the, the church in Philippi. Um, he, he addresses them and he says to the saints of, of um, God. The saints. And then he addresses himself as a servant of God. Now, if I have any kind of title, I, I want to I wanna show you my title. You know, Respect me because I have done A, B, C, D. I am who I am. I've qualified, I've studied, I've spent whatever. You, you, you best believe you better, you better um, 
address me as such. Paul had none of that. He addressed everyone as saints and himself he addressed as the servant of God. His heart was to serve God, however it looked like. Even in prison, I'm a scholar, I have got a, I've done a, but I'm in prisoner, but I will still serve Christ. How incredible is that? Uh, I think there's some truth that we need to learn. So where are you at in your life today? What are you going through? What's happening? Are you still serving? Do you see yourself as a title person? I've achieved A, B, C, D. Or do you see yourself as a servant of Christ? So with all those qualifications, with all those, um, uh, whatever you've, you've kind of achieved, are you using those to serve Christ as best as you can? So we see first his humility. Then we see um, that um, he was a impartial, his impartiality. He treated everyone equally. In the Philippians church at that stage, there were children, uh, there were deacons that he addresses, there were uh, bishops or elders, uh, the guys, the clergy, and then there were slaves. He doesn't write to the leaders and forgets about the people. He writes to the leaders and includes the people. He writes to the people and includes the leaders. So, he treats everyone equally. So, whether you're a baby or a slave or you are whatever the highest rank was at that stage, he treated you equally, um, which is something we need to learn. There's also in Scripture, it says we, are to not, we, we shouldn't treat people um, impartially. I think that's what it says. In other words, if you have more money, and you come to the church, I shouldn't give you the best seat because you have more money. And that person doesn't have money. In fact, I should treat you all equally because you are, whether you're rich or poor, you're still a son or daughter of the Most High King. And God has allowed for you to be where you're at for whatever reason, but actually you still belong to Him. You are still His child. So He treats everyone as saints equally. doesn't matter what rank they find themselves in. Um, and he says, and he addresses them. And says the scriptures are addressed to all God's people, not just the church officials, not just just those who have uh, some sort of title. No, the scripture is addressed to all. So he almost um, encourages or reminds us of the right of every believer to approach God. It's not just the clergy, not just the deacons, not just the elders, not those with titles, no, no, but everyone, whether you're a slave or you're the president. He says, you have every, every single one of you have a right to approach God because of what Jesus Christ did. Jesus Christ, when he died, the curtain was torn and that gave us access to him who's alive. Then verse 3 to 5 reminds us of this. A gratitude should be and is the main part of our prayer. Gratitude is a main part of our prayers. Think about your prayers. Generally, my, uh, uh, I'll speak for my, about my prayers, but um, uh, I'll have a list of prayers. So I've got this, I need that. Uh, Lord, please help this one, please do that. And it's always like, Lord, do, 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 do. We often don't hang back and say, God, actually, thank you. Thank you that I'm alive today. 
Thank you that my kids are healthy today. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that I have the gift of life. Thank you, Father. We often, we don't find ourselves doing that. We often will be saying, well, Lord, I need this. I thank you for that, but I need this. That was nice and big, but I need a bigger thing or whatever the case might be. We, we just never uh, kind of, we never satisfied. And Paul encourages us in uh, that actually gratitude should always be the main part of our prayers. Yes, we pray for the things that we need to pray for. And God burdens us in our hearts to pray for certain things. And we need to do that. But actually, with that, we need to remember, let's just be thankful to the King of Kings. To the Creator who needs nothing but gave Himself for you and I. Then... This is what I want to spend a bit more time on for this church. Verse 6 says this, And I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will be bringing it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul starts saying, but he is confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will continue it and will bring it to completion. So there's three things I want to highlight from, from this passage of Scripture. And the first one is this. Salvation is initiated by God. Salvation is started by God. It is not the preacher man. It's not the church. It's not the saints, as Paul calls them. It's not the deacons, not the bishops. Not the president, not the... Nothing. It's initiated by God. He who began a good work in you is God. Our salvation does not come by our doing good work to earn it. Salvation comes by God doing good work in us. It's Him. It's about Him. He's doing the good work in us. You know yourselves. You know where you come from. Uh, pre uh, um, not pre-COVID, pre-salvation. Um, you know where you were. You know where you were. And you can kind of track your, your journey. It wasn't... I'll tell you quickly about my, my uh, encounter. So up until the day I got saved, I wasn't trying. In fact, I was running away from Christ. I was running away from God and His, his purposes and His way. But it was Him who initiated the good work in me. It is Him who yearned me. It is Him who called me. It's Him who pulled me in because of His love and whatever He has for, for me as His Son. Um, salvation is entirely and exclusively His doing, His work. We are God's workmanship. No one would ever experience salvation at all if it was not for God's intervention in our lives. I'll often say Hitler. Hitler, we know he was, in our uh, human understanding, was not the greatest of, of guys. He did some terrible things. But do you know that if he gave his heart to Christ on his deathbed, we will be with him in heaven. Now that's a very uh, almost unfair thing to think. But hey, God is God, we're not. 
what gives you the, the, the privilege of knowing him and going to heaven and not the next person? What gives you the privilege? What gives you the, the, that ability? God is the one who initiates everything. See, Paul in this scripture does not say, I, Paul, who began a good work in you, will see that I finish it. He doesn't say, I, Paul, who began a good work, hope that God finishes it in you. He does not say, you, Philippians, or you, Adventure Church, who began a good work in your hearts, will see that God um, will finish it, or, I will, or you will finish it. No, he doesn't say that. No, it's not Paul, it's not them, it's not you. It's God from beginning to the very end. He started it, he will continue it, and he will bring it to an end. He who began a good work in you will bring it to the very end. So the first thing there is a salvation that I need to, to just grasp this morning. Salvation is initiated by God and only God. No one else. No man, no nothing. God. Second point is that salvation is continued by God. So God starts it. He, he, he calls you in. He captures your heart. He um, gives you whatever He gives you in terms of your purpose and your, and your outworking of life. He starts it and then He carries it on. It's Him. It's Him. He says that um, He who began a good work in you will continue to bring it to completion. You know, Paul um, later on says that we have to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. I'm sure you've read that. But we should work out our salvation in fear and trembling. Why? Not because God will punish us. Not because God is angry at us because we're kind of going a, a, a different route. No, no, because God is busy doing a good work in us. <laughs> he is the one who's continuing to do the good work in us. So guess what? The pressure is not on us. It's actually on Him. He starts it, He continues it, and then we kind of just uh, cooperate with Him. We, he, uh, we walk alongside Him. But He started it, he will continue it. It's His grace. He draws us in. What's the other word? He woos us in. He draws us into His, uh, into his presence. He opens our eyes. When we were dead in trans, uh, trespasses and sin, He quickens us and makes us alive. But once you've have come to salvation, then we can participate. So it's Him doing the work to bring us to a place of He initiates salvation, and then He says He will continue working in us. He will continue doing what He has planned to do through you and I. He's given us a plan uh, and a purpose over your life. So you're not just a waste, not just, uh, you know, you're wasting. I've, I've heard some people say, yeah, you're a waste, waste of breath, eh. fresh air, breath, eh. fresh air. No, no, you're not a waste of uh, fresh air. You're not. Why? Because God has created you. He has a plan and He has a purpose. He knows why He created you. He knows what He wants to achieve through you. And you get to enjoy that journey. You get to enjoy the benefit of, of, of that. So it's Him who does it. 
he calls us in. But once we're in there, he says, you, then you can participate. Then you can, you can cooperate with him. So you don't, you don't uh, work out your salvation in fear and trembling because you're scared. You work out your salvation in fear and trembling because God is in you. God is actually working in you. When you were, um, somewhere else in script, it says, when I am weak, actually I am strong. How does that work? How does that work? When I'm weak, actually I'm strong. When I have nothing, actually I've got everything. Uh, no, because Jesus Christ, through His Holy Spirit, lives in me. So when I am weak, when I cannot do it, when I'm at my end of the, of the road, of the rope, whatever you want to call it, actually I am strong in Him. I rely in Him. And remember, He's still doing a work in you and He will bring it to completion. Again, it's not about the, the, then the pressure is not on you or I. He is doing this work that he started. And he will bring it to completion. Third point. So the second one was salvation is continued by God. Thirdly, salvation is brought to completion by God. Salvation is brought to completion by God. He who began a good work in you will continue bringing it to completion. God goes on working. See, he's bringing many sons and daughters to glory. Those who he has justified, he has in his purpose and plan already glorified. It's as good as done, which is crazy to think about. Actually, if you are, if you are in his kingdom, uh, the work is almost as good as it's done. It's actually done, but we're just w walking out and uh, walking out and working out this process of, of this, this thing we call life. But actually, the, the, the whole outlook of it is actually, don't, don't, let's not look towards ourselves. Let's not look at how good I am or how bad I am or I've prayed this amount of prayers I've been to this amount of meetings I've done this uh, I've, worship, I've worshipped this uh, length I've done this so, no, no, forget about that that's you cooperating with God it's, it's Him just wanting uh, you to work alongside with Him but actually it's Him Him through His Spirit who's encouraging you why do we worship? it's not because it's, um, we get paid to do these things but as we worship, we are worshiping Him and He, uh, by His Spirit, is filling us with encouragement and, and all sorts of stuff, rich. The Word of God is rich. We are eating. We are eating His Word and it's giving us life. So it's Him, it's not us. Then Paul says this. When he started the scripture, he says, I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in us or in you will bring it to completion. Now you might ask yourself, why? How? Paul, you're, you're, you're a man. You're not God. You're not Jesus. So it's not as though you... But how can you say this? That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Well, now, the, the simple answer to that is because God does not abandon that which he starts. Whatever God starts, he will not just leave it to be. Ah, oh, it's too hard. 
Oh, Emmanuel, yeah, it's too hard. I mean, you're, you're too difficult, man. Uh, actually, I'm going to just leave you. Let me, let me go to someone else who's... Uh, uh, let, let, let's go someone, somewhere where it's easier. No, no. It says, I started this work. I will continue it and I will bring it to completion. It's his work. It is him. And it, it is him. And this is a confidence that we can uh, hold on to. That when we know that um, God has brought us to faith and he has led us in receiving Jesus Christ. Remember, it wasn't you, it's him. We can know that we are in the purpose of God. And then we can say to ourselves, if God began this work in me, then I know that he is going to go on working in my life. If he began it, then he will bring it to completion. And so, that's point number, number three. First point was salvation is initiated by God. Second point is salvation is continued by God. And the third point is salvation is brought to completion by God. He starts it, he continues it, and he finishes it. Now, often uh, in life, we, we are not, I'm not that mature in life, in age-wise. But um, uh, I've, I've encountered people and they've told me, you know, some people end up somewhere in their, their, in their lives and they're like, I don't, I don't understand, I don't see the point of life. What, why? Why am I here? Why, why did God create me? There are, I don't know how many people in the world today, 7 billion plus, I think it is. Well, COVID's a little bit less, but, uh, but then COVID has taken some away, but then others have been born at the same time, so I don't know what, what the equation looks like there. But every person, uh, you know, God says, that in his, he says this in his word, that before the foundations were put in place, he had you and I in place. Peter, God had you in his mind before he created the universe. He could have, you could have been born in Paul's days or even before pre-Jesus um, coming to on, on earth. But he decided that you'll be born when you were born. You'll be living in this day. We will be a part of this COVID revolution. Is it a revolution? This life. We'll, we'll, we'll go through this thing. He decided he allowed for it to be life for you to be. Why? I don't know. So guess what we need to do? We need to go back to the Word of God because the Word of God gives us life. Get the, you want to find answers? We need to go back to the Word of God. That's the only place where you'll find answers that you're looking for. But every man and woman, God had us in mind. He had us in mind before He created the, the heavens and the earth and the flowers and the bees and all these wonderful things he had you and I in mind. And then he said, I've got a plan and a purpose for you. But I'm gonna, then I'm going to create you. Mom and dad will come together. So you were made as a result of mom and dad loving each other. But you are created before that. That was the mechanism. But you are created before that. Just try, let that sink in. You were created before mom and dad get together. <laughs> You were created before mom and dad came together. Mom and dad came together and then you were made. And you were given a body. But your spirit was created before that came about. 
So God had a plan and a purpose for you. And then he says, I'll give you a body, you'll come into the world, and then I'll give you free will. And the free will is that you will either choose to serve me or not. Choose to serve yourself, serve the, um, the world, your the inner desires. The enemy comes in and he robs us of the true truth of God. He comes and, and makes it dirty. We, we, cannot, we don't understand. We, we don't, we're not able to be with God because of the enemy. But before all of that stuff happened, God had you in mind. He had you in mind and gave you a body and he said, okay, boy, here's, here's son, daughter. Um, I desire to be with you. Come back to me. The enemy has come and he's split. He's, he's caused a, a gorge. But Jesus, my son, will be the bridge. Through Christ, we are on the side of the gorge. Christ dies on the cross. He becomes a bridge. We cross over by choice, not by force, by choice. We have to cross over and then we are reunited with God again. And then he starts restoring the purpose and the plans that he has for us. So when we think we don't have a plan, there's no purpose to my life, well, you need to go back to Jesus Christ. Actually, do you know that um, I've mentioned Hitler? God had a plan and purpose for him as well. It's hard to believe that. But God had a plan and purpose for him as well. And every other person you think is the worst person in the world, God has a plan and purpose. Before the foundations of the earth was put in place, he had said, I have a plan and a purpose for you. And then life happened. And he calls us back. And as we, as we listen, as we follow him, as we search for him, um, you know, Acts 26, um, 17, or Acts 17, 26 says that um, he has determined the places that we are to be born, the places we are to live. Why? So that we can search and look for him, even though he's not far away. I think to myself, well, God, why would you say that? You've determined I must live in 2021, 20, I must be here in South Africa, uh, be, so I can search for you, and, but you're not far away. Why do I need to search for you if you're not far away? Well, because there's, there's other things that are trying to fight for my attention. There are other vices that are trying to distract me. There are little gates that I need to fight against. So I've got to search for him. I've got to, I've got to spend time with him. I've got to look for him. I've got to pray. Um, but I can't do that if I don't have a relationship with him. So this morning, more than anything else, if you're not saved, you're going to pray that God does what he had originally intended for you. And that's for you to go and be with him today. Salvation is initiated by him. It is continued by Him and He will bring it to completion. So you've got a mom, dad, sister, brothers, whoever that they've kind of wandered away. Uh, don't stress. God is still busy working in those people's lives. Our, responsible, our responsibility now is to continue praying for them. Continue praying, Lord, have mercy upon them. But then that takes away the pressure on, on us trying to live a perfect Christian life. 
Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is full of life. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would be encouraged. We walk out of your name that actually you are busy in us. You started the work. You, you are continuing the work. And you will bring it to completion. The day that we, that we leave this world, this body dies, our spirit will be united with you again. And I thank you for that, Jesus. We honor you. We glorify your holy name. Let me say there's no one like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Joey, thank you, my um, These things are...